Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Eagles beat the Cowboys. And my first thought should be when I was thinking about the game today is, wow, you should be so excited. This was such a big win against a division rival. It it means so much. Does it? Does it really? How important was this game? I, I don't take a whole lot away from it to be honest with you, and, and we're going to talk about it. 888-729-9494. I'm Vince Quinn, and I'm here with you till 2 a.m. when Big Daddy Graham comes in. But the Dallas Cowboys win was thoroughly unsurprising. They're a bad team. They don't have anything. They're a running team without a star running back. I, I don't know what the surprise is. If anything, we should be more surprised than talking about the slow start. Why was it such a slow start? Why were they so bad? What happened there? Why was the passing game so inconsistent? Guys dropping balls. But in terms of the second half, yeah, of course. 30 points, sacks, fumbles, interceptions, all that stuff. Yeah, duh. Dallas didn't have anything. They had no one to play with. Why get excited? I, I can't get excited. I, I yawn thinking about the Dallas game. We spent the whole week building up to it. Yawn. 37-9. Yawn. I don't care. They should have done it. But there's something to be said for that, too. And it's the idea that we're really spoiled in this town now. We have a really good football team where when they blow out a division rival like Dallas, it's not surprising. They've been doing it week after week. I thought this was going to be the third game, and it should have been, where Nick Foles closed it. Have him go in there, kneel the ball to close it out. You don't need to deal with those dirty plays where defensive linemen try to get in there and and disrupt something at the end just being nasty. So we've seen Nick Foles a couple of times. We've seen the Eagles blow out other teams a bunch of times this year. It's not a shock anymore. I don't have that same joy after a blowout win that I used to just two weeks ago. Why? It happens all the time. But how did we get to this point, right? I look at this team, and I think back to August. I thought they were 7-9, and 8-8 eight team. I didn't expect a whole lot of improvement. But the fact of the matter is the Eagles have had improvement all across the board. It's basically everywhere you look. I don't know what the stats are on the Talboy, but I bet he cleans a ball five times faster than he did last year. I mean, everything is working for the Eagles, and, and it's clicking on such a high level that you do yawn. It is boring when they beat teams this badly now. And so it's not so much about the game itself. It's more about the season for the Philadelphia Eagles. What surprised you the most? What is the thing that's... When you think of how successful and great this team is right now, what's something that you were worried about in the offseason, in the preseason? And you look at the roster now and say, oh, my God, that worked out so well. I was completely wrong. Because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of things that I look at the roster and just, wow, totally missed the mark. And it's great. It's great to be wrong because this team is really good. 
They're elite Super Bowl caliber football team. So what is it that surprised you, has surprised you about the Philadelphia Eagles this season to be this good of a team, 9-1, and one, beating a division rival like Dallas? And I'm just not that excited about it. How did they get to this point? Who surprised you? And, and for me, we've got to start with the obvious guy. And I don't think a lot of people want to mention him because, uh, you know, I'm not even sure. But the idea is, Carson Wentz, we all knew he was going to be a good quarterback. Did you really think that Carson Wentz would be this good this year? This good. MVP caliber good. I sure as hell didn't. You talk about, well, you just want him to make a good step forward in his second year. Carson Wentz has been absolutely electric. Just remember this play from the Washington game. Wentz has just been spectacular. And in terms of the running game, because on that play, Wentz is supposed to get sacked. Everyone thinks he's sacked. And then he breaks it down the field and gets a huge gain on the ground. Well, his rushing game overall this year, he had 150 yards on the ground last year. 150. He's got 358 if he goes through the same rate for the course of the season, if you get his rushing numbers and project it over 16 games, he more than doubles his rushing total from last season. Let's talk about the passing game. And he's doing that in a big way too, isn't he? 64 yards in the air, and he hits Mac Hollins for a touchdown. We didn't see that coming. Week two of this season, week three, week four, week five of this season, part of the conversation around Carson Wentz was, Will he develop a deep ball? Can he develop a deep ball? It might not ever click. It's clicked. 64-yard touchdowns in the air. And Carson Wentz, the performance that he's given you this year. So just to give you last year's numbers first. In his rookie season, Carson Wentz, 3,782 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. For a rookie, he looked good. We knew he didn't have weapons, and it was fine. We felt okay about it. But this year, the projected totals, over 16 games, he's almost got 3,900 yards, so about 200 more yards, or 100 more yards a game. 38 touchdowns compared to 16 last year, and 8 interceptions compared to 14 last year. He's doubling his touchdowns, and basically having his interceptions in a year. Carson Wentz is better than any of us ever imagined this season. It's a wonderful surprise. And that's what's so good about this team. There's so many surprises everywhere. So as we're at this point, what surprised you the most about the Eagles? Who stepped up in the biggest way for you to say, wow, this is just so much better than I imagined? It could be a player, a coach, a whole position group. Maybe it's a side of the ball entirely. I mean, the defense was something that we just talked about nonstop. What is it for you that surprised you about the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017? Because I look at this game against Dallas, and it's so many things that have come together that I, I yawn. I'm bored by the win. I don't take anything away from it. I'm not surprised by it. Because all of these other surprises that have come together and worked out for the birds and just such a, it's miraculous. Usually you see good teams come together in terms of you've got rookies and you're going to have some good veteran signings and 
they make it work. But the number of projects on this team that had little to no hope that have just skyrocketed or completely overachieved is just off the charts. And it leads to a 30-point second half against Dallas. And it's just like, yeah, they should have done that. I don't know what took them so long to get there. Really, that's how I felt. I I look back on this game, and it's like, okay, you know, I'm getting ready for the show, and it's like, all right, what's the hot, spicy take you can get out of this one? What's the lesson we learned? I mean, what what lesson is there to learn? This team's incredibly good. They played a team that was toothless, and they knocked the snot out of them. There's just not a whole lot to take away. Like, the big halftime adjustment. What is it? Everyone wants to know the secret sauce. They ran the ball. They're a running team that can run the ball, and they decided to run the ball. I mean, there's there's no shocker here. But all those other pieces around certainly are. Jason Kelsey is another great example of a huge surprise that no one saw coming this year. Totally blindsided all of us. Jason Kelsey, a guy that we all wanted gone. I, I've wanted Jason Kelsey gone for a year or two years in the offseason. All the conversation we had about, oh, well, Jason Kelsey, can't wait to get him out of here. He's amazing. He's a Pro Bowl caliber center right now. He's having a total renaissance late in his career. 28, 29 years old. It's incredible. No one saw that coming. It's just so amazing to watch a Philadelphia Eagles team like this where blowout wins put you to sleep. I just don't have that same juice. I wanted to get juiced up. It's fun to talk crap about Dallas and say, hey, your season's over and all that stuff. You know, even if Dallas won that game, for some reason they beat the Eagles, they don't have that beautiful second half, they're not winning the division anyway. The Eagles would have been 8-2. and two. Dallas would have been, what, 6-4. and four. They still don't have Zeke. And they're just not a good team. They don't have a good passing game. They've got problems at left tackle. They're going to be playing on Thursday. So a short week, you got to figure they're going to lose that game. They're just not good. Like, there's been no threat of Dallas taking over the division. But when you look at the Eagles, it, and I see this game, it's, yeah, of, of course they win. So you got to focus on the surprises. What are the things that have made this team get to this level? And for Carson Wentz, it's just amazing. Truly, incredibly amazing how much this guy's matured and what it's done for the team, everybody. Carson Wentz stepping up the way that he has over the course of this year to this degree, it's made everything easier and better. Because think about it. What do the Eagles do? They maintain a lot of drives. They're able to not only get things going in the running game, but uh, they have a good passing game now. They can make throws down the field. They can make throws into really tight windows. You saw Alshon Jeffrey get just an amazing touchdown grab on fourth and five last night. It's a great play. It's a great pass into a tight window. Wentz is making the players around him better, which allows them to get bigger leads. It also allows the defense to be healthier and just you know, more energized going into games so they can attack the opposing quarterbacks more and they could do it with more energy and the other teams are more desperate because they're down points. That's all the Wentz factor. It's really incredible what this guy has been bringing to the table. And so to see that kind of surprise, there's just so many everywhere. It really is incredible to me. So 888-729-9494. 
pound nine four nine four. I'm Vince Quinn. You can also join the show on Twitter at it's Vince Quinn. Now we'll continue to take the calls, and if you want to get in, uh, by all means. What's something that's really surprised you about this year? Because Dallas just it just didn't surprise me. I expected this win. I was on with Big Daddy Graham on uh, on thir- Friday morning last week. He asked me for a projected score. I said thirty three to ten. This is easy. It's pretty close. That's what a really good team does against a pretty bad team. So I wasn't surprised by that. But all the pieces that got us here from a team that, you know, we thought seven and eight or seven and nine, eight and eight, maybe nine and seven, you compete for the division. No one thought we'd be in this spot. So what's the big surprise that you were stunned by at this point in the year? Because for me, Wentz is just far above and beyond anything I would have ever expected for this season. Thought he'd be good. I didn't think he'd be all world. He's absolutely remarkable. So we'll talk about all of that. And also, last night with the Eagles game, there was something that was a lot of fun, but it also highlighted one of the silliest and stupidest norms in football. And we'll talk about that when we come back. I'm Vince Quinn, and it's 94 WIP. A little Blink-182. I don't think I've heard this one in a while. Anyway, let's do a sports show. I'm Vince Quinn here with the 094 WIP. And, hey, we're talking about the Eagles because the Dallas game, I wanted to take something from it. You you beat a division rival. You beat them really badly. And there's a lot of excitement going into that game with the Dak-Wentz rivalry and stuff. But, man, um, 37-9 is just not a surprise. When you know what Dallas is, who they were, what kind of pieces they had, you see the Eagles and the track record they have of just blowing the doors off of bad teams. What was the shock? I saw the line from Vegas was initially maybe three points, then I think it ultimately climbed up to seven. Why not 17? I mean, really, I just I thought it was going to guaranteed be a blowout. I wasn't surprised by it. But to get to this point, we dealt with a lot of surprises. And the biggest one for me has been Carson Wentz, who just, I mean, there's playing well, and there's, oh my God, what is he doing? This is the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life, Carson Wentz. And that's what he's doing. I don't think there's ever been a time where, I well, I can't think back on a time where McNabb played better football than Wentz. I'm just being honest. I, I think Wentz right now is better than McNabb ever was at any stretch in his career. I'd take Wentz today. And I didn't think I'd say that yet. Or ever. I don't know. I thought Wentz would be pretty good. But to see this kind of evolution, it surprised me. And so when you're looking at the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles, a team that we thought could compete, man, I, you must be impressed by something. What what surprised you about the Philadelphia Eagles this year? 888-729-9494. Pound 9494. First up, we'll have Harrison and Malvern. Harrison, what surprised you about this team? Hey, how we doing, Vince? Hey, doing all right. So uh, I've been most surprised by uh, Corey Clement as far as a numbers standpoint. If you had told me that not only he would be on the team at this point, but he'd have five touchdowns and would be the contributor that he's been, I'd have probably called you crazy. Yeah, and you know what? He had three touchdowns in one game, too. I mean, he's he's just been uh, he's been phenomenal for the Eagles. you got to love Corey Clement. Against a defense that flies around and is all over the place, it wasn't like it was a cakewalk. But uh, I think a lot of that also then comes back to uh, Howie and Joe. They've been finding the right pieces. They've been getting them in place, and they've been making sure they have their chance. 
Yeah, oh, man. I mean, those guys and the work they've done. And you know what impresses me even more about Roseman? It's that a lot of the pieces that they brought in last year are some of the, or in previous years are guys that are now turning the corner and really blowing up. Like uh, Nigel Bradham is a guy that a lot of people thought he played well last year, but he's really put people on notice this season. And, Lights out. Yeah, and, and that's just another fruit that Howie Roseman's been able to bear. I mean, it's just... It's incredible the kind of uh, the kind of output that he's getting from these guys, and yeah, absolutely, tons of credit to Howie and Joe. They've been phenomenal. Well, you just brought up Jason Kelsey and about how he's playing like he's never played before. I know that uh, Jim Johnson was just talking about how he, or not Jim Johnson, but Stoutland was talking about how he uh, had to take a little bit off of his shoulders now that he's given more to Wentz. So again, not to take anything away from Carson, you are one hundred percent right. This all comes back to eleven. His leadership is what gets us through the day, and I think that's what allows these, you know, undrafted free agents and, you know, trouble players like J.H.I. Okay, yeah, trouble in a locker room. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what kind of trouble he is. I mean, when he's running for 70 yards on the open field, I, I don't think he's going to be much of a problem. Oh, and uh, other surprises. Yeah, the three-point line on the open was a bit surprising for me, but I don't think Vegas knows what to do with the NFC East either. Yeah, maybe not. The NFC East is a is a complete mess. And Harrison, I do appreciate the call because the other thing you have to consider: Dallas is dealing with a lot of injuries. The Giants have had a lot of injuries, and they win surprise games. They just beat the Chiefs, which is like, really? They beat the Chiefs? Is this, am I seeing this wrong? And for the Skins, they lose a funky game to the Saints. They just lost Chris Thompson for the year. The whole NFC East is a wreck, and that's a huge benefit to the Eagles, but. I'm not trying to take away from them either because when they play teams like Dallas who are bad at this point, Dallas, despite the record, they're a bad team. They stomp them out. So you got to be excited about it. And let's talk a little more about that when we got uh, Philippe and Easton. Philippe, you're on WIP. Hi, I want to thank you for taking my phone call. Hey, I want to thank you for calling. The one thing that surprised me the most was how they had no kicker and they did multiple two-point conversions. I mean, that, that kind of stunned me a little bit, you know, how, and then they used a linebacker to kick the ball, if I'm correct, to, uh, you know, to kick the ball uh, yeah. into the end zone. That was like, wow, that was just amazing. I mean, that stunned me the most out of anything. Isn't it really I, incredible that they were able to do that? And, and here's the other thing, too. So I'm going to play a cut reel uh, for a second. So give me a second here, Philippe. But here's Camu Grugier-Hill. This is the linebacker you were just talking about. And this is him right. after the game talking about kicking. Philippe, he kicked one time a couple of weeks ago in the, in his entire life. That was that's just amazing. It totally, totally stunned me. I mean, it did. I mean, a linebacker to kick it that far into the end zone. Yeah, and that's it too. He got a touchback. Like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, insane. Yeah, that that's kind of thing insane. doesn't happen. And and it was so impressive. Yeah, you gotta love that. And Philippe, thanks for the call, man. Because uh, wow, uh, that's the other thing too. It's not just that. Camu Grugier Hill comes in and he's doing kickoffs and he's getting touchbacks. But when they had to go to fourth down plays, one of them was the fourth and five where Wentz throws to Alshon Jeffrey and gets a touchdown. Great play. Great execution. Then you get to the two point conversion plays where they had four of them and they could have gone four for four if it wasn't a Zach Ertz fumble at the goal line. Just incredible. Incredible the production that they were able to get. And that goes to a couple of surprises. One, Goes to Carson Wentz, getting that kind of throw, executing the plays. And it goes to Camus Grugier-Hill for getting touchbacks. And it's really 
impressive. But, you know, there is something silly about that. Because in the NFL, like you're the Philadelphia Eagles, and kickers are fragile. You know this because you see them and you mix them up for the towel boy. And also, you've had a kicker that got put on IR this very year. Cody Parkey in the past has been put on IR. That's the only reason he's not here. He lost his job to Sturgis. And Sturgis is going through the same thing. So when you know the kickers get hurt and you're going to need somebody in a pinch during a game, why don't they, like, Camus Grugier-Hill should kick balls all the time now. He should be kicking balls in practice at least twice a week. Because you know you need a kicker. You might need an emergency guy again. Get him out there. Get him ready. Then you don't have to run two-point conversion plays if you don't want to because the kid's there and he's capable to step in. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Let's talk to Elijah in West Philly. Elijah, you're on WIP. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Hey, absolutely. So, Elijah, when it comes to the season with the Eagles, what's really, you know, what's surprising you? The first surprise was how we, but a lot of people didn't know Peterson can coach this team the way he's coaching them right now. A lot of people doubted him and play call him. But, you know, I, I sat there and watched Andy Reid, you know, doing a play call, and it was predictable. And I'm like, oh, man, this is a predictable call. But Peterson, he just know when to run the ball, when to pass the ball. And that was the most surprising thing for me, the head coach, how he managing his team. He managing his team perfectly. The passing and the running is, is, is just potent. I'm not taking nothing away from Carson Wentz. He is the top. He's the top three quarterback in the league right now. We can argue that. But the coach, I, I never would think that he would have this this type of plan and being a nine and one sitting in the top of the division and the best the best team in the league right now. That was the most surprising thing to me. Yeah, and Elijah, I got to tell you because I'm totally with you on that. When it came to Doug Peterson. I was one of those people that when they hired him, I was like, this is a joke. It's a disgrace. I can't believe they actually went through with this, and this guy's going to get fired in a year or maybe two, and we're looking for the next guy. And here we are now, and, you know, you're praising him. I'm praising the guy, and he could very well win Coach of the Year. It's it's amazing the transformation that Doug Peterson's gone through. I you got to love the guy. Man, I'm I'm just shocked to see that because I never thought of Andy Reid Breeze, because, you know, he's he been with Andy Reid for a long period of time. So I'm thinking that when, when they got him here, I'm like, oh, we're just going to get the same play call as Andy Reid. Oh, man, it's going to be predictable. But this guy is amazing. He's doing an amazing job. Yes, and, he is. And, and Elijah, I appreciate it. Like, the, the job of Doug Peterson so far, and, and going to the Dallas game, that's one of the things that it shows how good this team is and how accustomed – I've already been to them being this good. I'm spoiled is is what it comes down to. I am flat out spoiled by how good the Philadelphia Eagles are right now. There's no question about it because it got to halftime. And I told myself, Doug is going to run the ball. He's going to make the adjustment at halftime. And this game's going to be a blowout. And sure enough, Doug starts running the ball at halftime and it becomes a blowout. And it's so fitting that it happened in Dallas. Because if you remember just last year, we're all killing Doug for the game in Dallas because he got too conservative in that game. He overcorrected. And in this game, he makes the perfect adjustment. No one expected him to grow this much, this fast. He's done it. The guy's a quick study. He's really sharp. He makes a lot of good play calls. His command of the locker room is great. 
His relationship with Wentz is great. He's clearly getting a lot out of Wentz. You you got to love a lot out of Doug Peterson. And uh, let's keep the love going. We're going to talk to John in Allentown. John, what surprised you about this team? Hey, Vince. I think what surprised me the most about the team is the coaching staff and the uh, administration actually being able to coach these guys up, up to speed and evaluate their talent. I mean, because how many of us expected Aguilar to be, be cut or traded? Yeah. Instead, they cut. They they trade another wide receiver to keep Aguilar. I mean, I would have been. I, I would have thought he was going to be out the door, you know, before spring training. I mean, training was over. Training camp was over. He's turned around big time, and mm-hmm. I was a big skeptic too. It was one of those guys you could see the talent, but man, he just, he just couldn't play. He he flat out could not play last season. There's no question right. about it. And to get him at this and, point, where I think he's probably on pace at least for now, for more yards and everything than Alshon is just a guess. But he's yeah. been phenomenal for the Eagles. What a great turnaround he's been. And, yeah, you got to credit the coaching staff for that. Yeah, what, like I said, what impresses me is that they had the ability to recognize the fact that he was going to do this. And, I, and, you know, and, and like the other caller uh, before, uh, Doug Peterson is an Andy, Andy Reid disciple. But what I've noticed about Doug Peterson is that he can change on the fly during the game and adjust. He's not he's not steadfast and, and try to force that pass. When the pass wasn't working in the first half, he went run heavy in the second half. And, you know, some people can say, hey, maybe you should have went run run heavy in the first half too. But, hey, he adjusted at halftime, came out, and they, they tore him apart. Yeah, you know what? He's developed a plan B is what it comes yeah. down to. And, and you saw the – we've seen the adjustment in that regard just this year because – Let's mm-hmm. go back to the Kansas City game when he's playing Andy Reid. And right. all he did was pass. LeGarrette Blunt, no registered carries in that game. I mean, they ran the ball maybe under 10 times. It was, it was terrible. Yeah, he learned from his mistake and changed it up. Yeah, and it, it's and worked credit. out beautifully. And you've got to give him a credit lot of credit staff. for that. Credit to the staff and credit to Howie Roseman. Absolutely. And, John, thanks for the call. And, and another thing with the staff, too, a guy I want to give a shout-out to, Corey Undlin, the cornerbacks coach. For the Eagles, and he's a guy that, wow, what a job he had. How much fear did you have about the cornerbacks going into this year? That was that was huge for me. That was a crippling, paralyzing fear when it came to the Eagles this year. I'm, I got to tell you, like, I had this team at seven and nine, eight and eight, and I thought the corners were something that would absolutely do them in without question, because at the time you didn't have Darby. And you're considering, okay, we're going to start Jalen Mills and Rasul Douglas, a third-round rookie, on the outside. I don't think that's a great idea. But even with Darby coming in, he gets injured and those guys start anyway. And you don't notice it. Rasul Douglas is phenomenal. He's been all over people, very physical. He's got good reads on the ball. He's swatting passes away. Jalen Mills doing the same thing. And he's been getting targeted a lot, but he keeps his head on and plays well. That's Corey Unlin. He's doing a great job. More credit to be had for the coaching staff. You just got to, man, the the improvements and surprises all across the board are just amazing. And that's what we're talking about right now here on WIP. If you want to get in, 888-729-9494. Nice, simple question. What surprised you about this team? There's just so many things that when you look at the Eagles and what's going right right now, Basically everything. And I can't imagine you saw that coming.
hey, if you saw this team being 9-1 and at this point, I applaud you. But I was nowhere near that at all. So what are the biggest surprises? What, what have you enjoyed seeing grow this season? 888-729-9494. We'll continue to have that conversation. I'm Vince Quinn. I'm here with you for another hour. And if you don't have the time to call in, which I get, hey, maybe you're working or maybe you're driving or whatever, you can also join the show on Twitter. It's Vince Quinn. That's It's Vince Quinn on Twitter. Would love to take your calls. And on top of the Eagles conversation, Embiid tonight showed a little special sauce. And we're going to get into that. That's coming up next. Let's check in on our friend Nerlens Noel, shall we? Hey, Nerlens, how are you doing tonight? Oh, you played four-tenths of a second? Wow. That is impressive. I didn't think it was possible to play four-tenths of a second in a basketball game. Total. That's Nerlens doing great. Just doing great down there in Dallas. <laughs> My God. You think he misses Philly yet? I would say so. Anyway, I'm Vince Quinn here with you on 94 WIP. And we've been talking about the Eagles because... The Dallas win didn't surprise me. Not really. When you have a top-class team playing a garbage, terrible, just directionless team in Dallas, which is exactly what they are without Zeke, that's what they should do. 37-9 should happen all the time. In fact, that was a little low. They could have done better. They had a terrible first half. But these are the kinds of things that I start to expect from a team that's been so demonstratively good all throughout the season. We've seen 10 games now. This isn't small sample sizes. This isn't bad competition. They've played enough teams now, and they've won by enough in each of these games that this is it. They're great, and we're just hoping to get to the to the postseason without any major injuries. That's about it. So the question is, now that blowout wins aren't a surprise, what's been the biggest surprise this season? What's the, you know, is it a player? Is it a coach? Is it maybe a whole position group? Because one of the calls that I got earlier, and I thought this was a great one, Corey Clement. Of course. Corey Clement has been a wonderful surprise for this team. And he's helped the Eagles get to this record without a doubt. He's stabilized the position. Because when you've got a guy that could come in, take a couple of carries, he's been a reliable pass protector, he's catching the ball. This was a guy that in college did not have that reputation. Doesn't get drafted. And you see him, I guess it was the Denver game, with one of the most spectacular catches you'll see from a running back in the corner of the end zone. And that was a three-touchdown game that he had. Wonderful surprise this year. Big-time surprise, Corey Clement. So for you, what what is the biggest surprise from the Philadelphia Eagles this year? What has shocked you? 888 729 Ninety-four, ninety-four, and we'll talk to Jim in Belmar. Jim, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, thank you so much for this show. I'm driving home from Brick, so it's like I need to stay awake, and you know, I'm turning into your show, and it's like great to talk about the Eagles. So thank you. <laughs> All right, well, happy to help. And by, I just got to say, by the way, Brick is one of the greatest names for a town that I think I've ever heard of. I just think it's so peculiar. But <laughs> you know that it's right next to a city called Wall, don't you? <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, enough of the New Jersey humor. Uh, the biggest <laughs> surprise for me, and i got to give a shout-out to that other caller that said about Nelson Aguilar. I know he's, I don't know if he got enough recognition 
for that uh, almost touchdown that he had yesterday. But that move that he did with the spin, like about 10 yards out, if his, if his knee wasn't down, that was amazing. Oh, no and doubt. What a beautiful play by him. It is a shame that that got erased, but it was the right call. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with that. No, but um, the thing that has amazed me the most has been the depth. Um, it, it, it's like you're, you're, Darren Sproles goes down, no problem. We got Corey Clement, right? The middle linebacker goes down. That position is filled. The defense is still solid. The front four have been unshakable. And, I, I mean, like, the kicker goes down, right? No. <laughs> we have a linebacker for that job. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm, I'm just saying, worst-case scenario, I, and I, I, don't, I don't know if, if everybody else in the Delaware Valley feels the way that I do, but I have no doubt that Nick Foles would be able to step in if, God forbid, the worst should happen and Carson Wentz somehow – get sacked to the point where he's not able to play. And one more thing, just about Carson. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we've been watching, um, we've been watching Carson this whole season and he has been outstanding. No doubt. Some of the the past plays that he's done, just perfect. Can't get better. There is good quarterbacking. There is great quarterbacking and there is lucky quarterbacking. And I'll tell you, he's got all three of them. Some of the moves that he makes, you, you, I mean, like, you just played that run that he should have never been able to make. It's amazing. It, n- never, yeah, it's amazing. It, it's like it's stupid good. It, it's just like, how did he do it? And, and I mean, like, and, and I, I want to just throw one more thing out there. One of the greatest plays that I saw yesterday was him, not just, um, what do you call it? He, he was uh, being blitzed. And he's about eight yards behind the uh, uh, line of scrimmage. And normally, with most passers like him, and even like Donovan, your instinct is to try to get out of it with your legs. But no, what does Carson do? He acts smart. He just throws the thing away. I, I'm, I'm so glad that he does that because he, doesn't, he, he thinks that he doesn't have to make a play. He gained eight yards by throwing it away. Smart play. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt, yeah. Jim. And and thanks for the call because yeah, talking about the depth and everything, it's it's true. Uh how funny is it that you can have a linebacker and a reserve linebacker, by the way, come in, be your kicker for a game, and get a touchback. He's never kicked in his life. Never he kicked once a couple of weeks ago. He's getting touchbacks in the NFL in a prime time game against a division rival. It's ridiculous. It is just so amazing that all of these things keep going right for the Eagles. It's, it feels like a video game cheat code. Like it's God mode and you're playing James Bond. You just can't die. That's really what it feels like. They, nothing can go wrong for the Eagles right now. And you know what? Uh, he just made a point as well. If Nick Foles came in, he could probably win a few games. Totally agree. Why not? This team is built right now. When you look at all the weapons, like Zach Ertz didn't get it done the other day. He only had two catches for a couple of yards, and he's got a hamstring injury. So not all that surprising. Who steps up? Well, Alshon Jeffrey has another good game. And so when you've got those kinds of weapons, when you've got a Jai, when you've got Blunt, like all of these things come together, and an average quarterback could run this team and run this team pretty well. Case Keenum in Minnesota is a great example of that. So, yeah, the depth here has just been 
wonderful. And it's made these games it's made these games so good that blowouts are boring. I I was bored by the Dallas win. I really was. I I enjoyed the I'm not saying that I was watch as I was watching the game. Like I'm not a I'm not a pulseless, you know, slug. But afterwards, when you think back on the game the next day, I wanted to be like Oh, yeah, great win. You know, Dallas, Dallas week, division game, locking it up. Yawn. Should have won. But there's just so many surprises that make big wins like that easy to take and kind of boring. So what have those surprises been that's got us here? We'll ask uh, David in Delaware. David, what's your big surprise been? Uh, You just touched on it. All the talent that we have, the lack of ego that's in that team, you don't have a bunch of prima donnas like you've seen on other teams. If they don't get out, if they don't get the touchdown, or they get taken out for somebody else, they're sitting there, they're pouting, they're pointing fingers, or draping a towel over their head if things go wrong. You don't have any of that. There's no drama on this team whatsoever. For all of the all of the big names that they brought in, the running backs, the receivers, there's nothing there. It's it's everybody has bought in, and I've never seen anything like it. That's true too, and and the fact is there there are a lot of guys that were just brought in this year, which yeah. is what makes it so explosive, right? Like how many times we can go back to the Eagles' dream team a couple of years ago, totally fell apart, and looking at this team, Legarrette Blunt is a multiple Super Bowl winner, uh, Jay Ajayi is a Pro Bowl running back. They're they seem to be fine right now. Alshon Jeffrey for most of the season wasn't doing a whole lot. Didn't hear a peep from the guy. Totally positive the whole way through. It's It's been remarkable, David. It is. And when you see, like, the Garrett makes a big run, and he gets taken out when they get down inside the 10-yard line and Ajay comes in or Clement comes in and scores a touchdown, who's the first person congratulating him over on the sideline? The guy that got taken out that got him into that position, whether it's a receiver or a running back. It's unbelievable. There is just nothing there that says there's a competition for playing time. They are truly playing a team sport. And they're treating it that way, too, because you see, like, in the end zone, when they score, you're seeing a lot of team celebrations. Yeah, and, or, and, or the guy that scored gives the ball to an offensive lineman and says, here, you spike it. <laughs> yeah, and how awkward, it was funny how awkward that was when, I think it was Kelsey that got the ball. He's like, wait, what, what do you want me to do with Fair this? Me so, too. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'll spike it, I guess. And everyone's like, yeah, I did it! So, but uh, everybody, was... everybody celebrates. It's a tr- they are truly playing as a unit, and you don't see that in professional sports all that much because there is one standout guy. You know, Cam Newton wants to do his Superman thing all by himself. Where's the other ten guys that got him into the end zone? Yeah, and Zeke, I, I'd be curious in a couple of years, say Prescott develops a little bit more and, you know, maybe Dak gets phased out for some other receiver. If it gets to a point where it becomes Dak's team more than Zeke's team, how's he going to handle that? Every time he gets a first down, it's always feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me. That's stupid. Oh, my God, you just want to punch him when you see that. Yeah, and there's no – but even between, like, the, the coaching staff or the head coach and the quarterback, you don't have that – you don't sense any tension at all that, hey, something didn't go right, so Carson's going over to yell at Doug or Doug's yelling at Carson. None of it. It's just absent. It's, it's, you're almost as relaxed watching the game as the players are over there on the sidelines. It's unbelievable. It really is. And, David, thanks for the call. Like, I think I can, if you listen closely, just just listen, I, I think I can hear the players singing Kumbaya right now. Doug's playing guitar. It's just a great vibe around this team right now. They're just the the chemistry really is important to say because 
you do have a lot of free agents. This team, and it, that can't be understated either, this team could be totally different next year. Alshon could be gone. Torrey Smith could be gone. Bradham's a free agent. You might see Kelsey go. Kendricks could go. Blunt is probably gone. Ajayi, it depends on what happens through the rest of the year, but you would but you can't guarantee that he'll be back. So you've got all of these different things that could completely change. All of these guys, and a lot of them new to the team and new to the environment and new to each other. And they've all bought in. And they've all bought in in such a way that it's not just that they're playing some good football and they're competing and they're keeping their chin up and taking the losses. They're dishing out some of the nastiest losses you've seen in a long time. The way they destroyed the Denver Broncos, that's ruthless. That was just a, a complete demolishing of a, at the time, prideful defense, considered at the time the best defense in the NFL. Just ripped them to shreds. Didn't care. It was like the 2007 Patriots. And not to say that, you know, the offense is quite that caliber, but they're playing really good football. And they're all willing to share. And it just, what it does when it's all coming together like that is truly incredible. Chemistry might be the ultimate sign of this team. Really. Uh, it's, it's really such a strong indicator of how all of these pieces fit. And it's just such a joy to watch. And uh, we got Brian from Riverside on the phone here. And Brian, what, what do you think about this team? Uh, thanks, thanks for my call, Vince. Um, so the thing is with this team, as you actually just touched on the last couple callers and touched on it, is the band-aid that Howie put together that everybody thought were going to be band-aids, everybody's buying in, and the chemistry on this team is the best chemistry I've ever seen on an Eagles team in my lifetime. They are nonstop going after people, getting the plays that need to be done, and they're celebrating and Every doesn't matter who it is, it's they're all celebrating together, and it's amazing to watch. Yeah, I would love to talk to somebody from the 2004 team. I know Ike's in the building, and he's been around it, or Hollis, but I would love to talk to someone who was on that team and see what it was like for them and how it compares to this team. Because I got to tell you, for me on the outside, Brian, I'm totally with you too. I feel like this is the most together, well knit team that I've ever seen in town, without question. Absolutely, and it's all led by Doug Peterson. If you watch his post-game his post locker room videos, all those guys love him, every single one of them, and they feel like they, they say it's family after every breakdown that they have, and it feels like they are a family and that it, it resonates to us as a fan base, making us feel like, you know, this this is going to be something. This could be This could be it. This could be it this year. It really could be, Brian, and it's something to be very excited about. And how funny is it that Doug Peterson is a guy that has this locker room with all of these pieces that were free agents and things, and he's getting them together to play this kind of football. And and part of it is, and we're seeing it every week, just as Brian just mentioned, it's the post-game speeches. And here's Doug Peterson just last night after the Dallas win. Friday after practice, we were talking about getting on that plane eight and one. We're getting on that plane going back nine and one. Coaches and players, you're the best team in football right now, but hey, we still got a long way to go. Long way to go. Where's Camus? Hey, 
listen, listen. Somebody yelled, do the haka. First half, right? Hey, a little bit, spin sputter, whatever. Defense, you kind of kept us in there, especially the offense. We got on track. We rode that big offensive line like we do. You guys kicked ass. You kicked ass in the second half. That's a great job. Defense got us touchdown. Defense scored on, on a, in the second half. That's a great job. That's what we talk about preaching about touchdown. Congratulations, man. I'm so proud of you guys for the way you Like I said before, man, stay in the moment. We're building something special, man. Stay focused on the daily. Yeah, so you hear Malcolm Jenkins a little bit after that, too, and he gives a good speech, and it's just, don't you want to be a part of that? When you hear the players yelling and clapping and screaming, like, isn't that fun? Can't you feel the fun of it? And that's something that we don't, we don't really experience that enough when it comes to sports, as weird as that sounds. We always forget because we get so locked in in these storylines and players and money is always coming up and all this stuff. It's a game. These guys are playing a game. If you're eight years old, you know, you could go out and play the same game. It's fun. There's video games of it. You know, like, it's just, it's a game. It's something to be fun. It's something to entertain yourself. And for them, it feels like a game. And I mean that in the best way. Because they really enjoy it. They enjoy being around each other. There There was a report, and I forget who it was. But someone mentioned that when Tim Jernigan came back from the bye, he just got a new contract and well-deserved. Tim Jernigan, amazing. And another guy that's just been another wonderful surprise for the Philadelphia Eagles. Third-round pick for Tim Jernigan. Sign me up any day of the week. So Jernigan gets his new contract. He gets into the locker room. And all the guys just start shouting at him, Money! Money! Like... It's fun. They they all like each other, and, and they want to come to work and play. And it just makes the team and the games, it's, it's all so much more enjoyable. And the effect that it's had on this team is, it's really the effect that it has on the other teams, because, man, those teams just get run over. The tire marks on all these jerseys as they're leaving the town, it's just it's unbelievable. Never been seen before. I don't know. I'd be curious. I don't know. You know, like Rube would have to do the research on this. Rube always comes up with great numbers. But the win differential, you know, the number of points that the Eagles are winning by for every game. I'd just be curious if this is the highest ever in a 10-game stretch because they're blowing the doors off of people. When you've got your backup quarterback finishing a couple of games, two games already, could have been three. That does not happen often. Deals with chemistry, deals with Doug Peterson, deals with depth, all those surprises that we've been talking about. So as we continue the conversation here on WIP, and I'm Vince Quinn, I'm with you for about another 40 minutes or so until Big Daddy gets here. What's been the big surprise for you this season? You know, what's the player you doubted? What's what's the, you know, the evolution that you didn't expect to see from a guy. What is it? That's what we're talking about right here. And if you want to get in, 888-729-9494, that'll get you on the line with me. Because, again, I saw the Dallas game, and it was a lot of fun in the moment. And I woke up today, and I, I just I didn't feel it. It was boring. It was dull. I didn't learn anything. Dallas was a bad team. If it wasn't for the fact that they had such a bad half to start, Like, if the Eagles came out and put up 37 or 30 points in the first half and it was 30 to 9, and then they score a touchdown in the second half, it's a totally different game. It's a complete sleeper. They score from the start, but they got those points late. All the same, 
a lot of people expected that result. Blowout wins aren't surprising anymore. But there's been a lot of surprises that make this big surprise, that make this 9-1 team. There's so many little pieces and things that have gone right. What stuck out to you? What didn't you believe in in the offseason that you believe in now? 888-729-9494. I'm Vince Quinn. You can join the show at It's Vince Quinn. And I'll be taking your calls when we come back. Don't go anywhere. So Mike Angelina, who does so much more than answer the phones, by the way, printed me the numbers. And what I was looking for, because the Eagles are obviously they're off to an amazing start. They're 9-1. and They're knocking the snot out of teams. And it's been just absolutely incredible what they've been able to do. And, and the thought I had is, have we seen this before? Through 10 games, the first 10 games of a season. And it turns out that right now the point differential, so the total number of points that the Eagles have won by, is all-time in Eagles history, seventh. But that number is very deceptive. Because let me tell you some of the other years that are ahead of this current Eagles team. We start with 1948, 1949, 1945, 1944. And not until we get to the fifth best point differential through 10 games do we finally get to the 1980 Super Bowl Philadelphia Eagles. And they had a point differential of 133. The 2017 Philadelphia Eagles are tied for sixth with 132. So through 10 games of the season, the Eagles this year have won by one less point overall than the 1980 Philadelphia Eagles. That's amazing. And obviously, another really good sign. Because there's a number that's been floating around, or a graphic, I should say, that's been floating around on Twitter. I know, uh, for example, Joe Giglio had tweeted it out. And it's from the NFL, talking about 9-1 and teams. There's been something like 67 in NFL history. And three-quarters of them have won a playoff game. And then maybe 25% of them have gone to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl. Like, the, the numbers at this point are real. When you're a 9-1 and team, there's no illusions, there's no fantasy here. This is legitimate, great football. And when you see that this point differential, they're blowing teams out the same way that they did in 1980. That's pretty incredible. So, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 if you want to get in. We're talking about the birds, but more specifically, what surprised you about the Eagles? during the course of this season because Wentz, I got to be real with you, Wentz is way better than I thought he'd be. I just didn't expect this kind of, he went from, I, I'm a Pokemon nerd, so I'm, I'm going to help myself to this one. He's, he went straight from Charmander to Charizard. He just skipped a step in the evolution process. You'd think when he goes to the second year, it's going to be a slight step forward. He's going to be Less interceptions, a few more touchdowns. Maybe he'll make a couple of better decisions. He's more likely to pass than run if he's stressed in the pocket. Oh, it's not close. He's on pace for 38 touchdowns and 8 interceptions this year. Last year, he had 16 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. That's a huge surprise. Huge. Didn't see that coming even a little bit. So what has surprised you about the Philadelphia Eagles? 
888-729-9494, pound nine four nine four. We'll talk to Jeff in Lancaster. Jeff, you're on WIP. Yo, Vince. Hey, what's going on? Dude, I'm going to try to get to everything. I got a lot to say, so I'm going to try to get to everything. I mean, first things first. I mean, this team with, you know, all I hear in the NFL is these other teams whining about, oh, we have this injury, we have this injury. And, yeah, I'm talking about that one down in Texas and other ones too. But, I mean, let me ask you, Vince, when uh, when Jordan Hicks went out and Joe Walker came in, were you really confident that Joe Walker was going to play well? But even Joe Walker comes in and plays well. Every, every guy that's come in and filled a, a void, filled some kind of – injury i mean they've all played well they're all the other callers have hit it right on the head the chemistry's unreal with this team and you look down the entire depth chart every single position has played well what is the weakness right now on this team realistically who has not played well in this on this depth chart can you name anyone yeah, I really struggle. And and even, like, the only guy I can think of is like, oh, well, Brent Selleck's caught a few less passes than I thought. But even then, he's playing well when he catches the ball. So I, I got nothing. Trolls, right? It's, it's, it's amazing. It, it really, even like Camus Grutcher-Hill, who nobody, I mean, we saw him and we're just like, who the hell is that guy? But it, it's, even him, he comes in and makes a difference. And the defense for me is the big thing. I, look, I thought their front you know, the front was good, the, the front, uh, you know, the defensive line, you know, and the, the linebacker depth was concerning, you know, what did they really have there? Was Michael Kendricks going to come back and even care because last year seems like he didn't care at all. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, Rihanna says she's into him and all this stuff. He's <laughs> a good looking guy. And then the secondary, you knew the safeties were good, but you made a bad decision to take Sidney Jones, no offense. I mean, you should have took someone healthy, and now you got to wait. And then you had to band-aid it by going out and getting Ronald Darby. But it's worked. And everything, this defense is, I mean, really, did anyone think they'd be top 10 in the NFL defensively? I mean, you knew their defensive line was good. But, I mean, did you really think they were this good? No, I didn't think they'd be this good. And you know what it is, Jeff? Because you try to find weak points and stuff, like Joe Walker you were talking about. The reason the Eagles defense has worked so well is because they understand what Schwartz wants to do, and they're just so stacked in all the right places. Defensive line, like you said, uh, they're they're just great there. And now you're seeing Derek Barnett really start to blow up the last couple of weeks. He's been phenomenal. So you've got the defensive line doing great. And the other thing is they're heavy at safety. Malcolm Jenkins and Rodney McLeod are a great pair. And when you've got guys that are that good – it will make it easier on the linebackers. It will make it easier on the corners. And and it all just fits. Two other things. You know what's great? It's like when he came into the year, you were like, who's going to play cornerback for this team? You're worried. I mean, Patrick Robinson comes over from Indianapolis, and you're thinking, oh, my God. I mean, Indianapolis has been terrible in the passing game for years, uh, defending it. Jalen Mills is a young kid. Uh, Russell Douglas is a rookie. But you know what's great? I mean, both those kids now, Douglas, Robinson, and Mills all have such good experience at this point towards the end of the year. But I was looking at the depth chart. I was looking at the 2004 team, and I was trying to think to myself, you know, every position to position, what's the better team? And I still have to say, I think t- at this point, I still think the 2004 – I mean, the defense is better, I, I would have to think. Um, but at, uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling to get it – it's pretty close, realistically. Uh, if you look at both these rosters from – you know, I think the depth might be better on, depth might be better on this team, but – what do you think? I mean, could you even think about that right now? What's a be- what's the better team? Man, it's it's hard to say, and, and that's a good question, Jeff. Um, because the thing is, the NFL's changed a lot since 2004. Right. 
all the rules with quarterbacks have changed. The passing game has evolved. There's so much more. The offenses are just so much more intricate. So uh, I don't know. In terms of like production and all of that, I I guess if I had to pick an offense, I I would go with the current one. And so with the defense playing the way they are, I, I got to go with 2017. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be the you know the guy that like it's just that we're right now it's 2017 so I'm going to lean this way it's just you look at Wentz and I'd take Wentz over McNabb and you look at the way the defense is and how disruptive they are and the depth on the defensive but line it's admit, just that secondary was pretty sick back then oh and the secondary was great that Brian Westbrook's better than any running back but either way I'm not taking the sales of this team it was just something I was thinking about great great call with you uh, Vince always appreciate talking to you thanks. Uh, for taking my call tonight. Hey, absolutely. And Jeff, appreciate you calling in. Now I'm curious because if you missed it just a couple of minutes ago, I've got a list of the Eagles point differentials from the first 10 games of the season. So the idea being over 10 games, how many points did they win by total? And for the Eagles this year, they, they're they winning by a total of 132 points, which is a lot. Um, you're winning by basically two touchdowns a game, 132 divided by 10. So, how did the 2004 Eagles do through 10 games of the season? Well, they were 9-1, and one, and they had 108 points. So, the Eagles at this point had scored, what is it? These, see, this is why I got in the radio, uh, because my math skills are horrible, as easy as this is, and really shameful for me to go through this math struggle on the air. Uh, what is it, like 18 points or 14 points? So they've scored two touchdowns more than the 2004 team at this point uh, in the season, which, hey, great. Uh, or 20, no, 24 points. Yeah, my math sucks. But anyway, um, so the 2017 team has scored more than the 2004 team, as good as the 2004 team was. This Eagles team just seems to be better. And that's, that's saying a lot. You know, it's it's not easy to go and look at a team as great and beloved as the 2004 team was, but uh, when I look at 2017, it's hard to say they're not better, right? Give me a metric, give me a give me a player that overrides what you're getting here in 2017. The, the easiest thing to go to, of course, is well Brian Dawkins, and not to say that Malcolm Jenkins is Brian Dawkins, he's not, but. He's been an adequate replacement and does Dawkinsy things. He goes up, he'll play the slot if he has to. He does a great job in the run game. He can he doesn't get beat over the top. He's phenomenal. So there's a lot of good comparisons to this team and I would probably yeah, I would take the 2017 team over 2004, but no problem either way. Hey, we got to enjoy a great 2014. We're joining great 2017 team. Let's talk to Samuel in Elkins Park. Sam, you're on WIP. Hello, Sammy. Hey, how you doing? How hey, you? what's up? Hey, what's up, man? What's on uh, your mind? Well, first thing, what's really surprising me, and I think you said it, they went from like uh, Pikachu to Raichu real quick. I remember <laughs> watching that game against Seattle a few years ago when Sanchez was starting. They were 9-3 and three and playing Seattle. And you could just see that the other team had better football players. You know, personnel-wise, that guy was better than that guy. And I'm seeing that now from the Eagles, that we have just better football players. And that's a big shout to Howie, also Doug, for putting them in the right positions. And 
Jim Schwartz is doing an excellent job. Um, you know, he's brought in his guys from day one. He started it last year. He's doing it again this year. And I just really think that the Eagles have now become uh, pretty much a dominant team personnel-wise, top to bottom. Yeah, oh, no doubt. And you know what the other thing is, too, because Schwartz is such a big part of this? Uh, Roseman went and brought Schwartz in, and him and Peterson had no experience together whatsoever. And we were talking about it. We were talking about a mutiny before the first game of the season with Jim Schwartz wanting Peterson's job. And as far as I can tell, that's all worked out too. It's it's really incredible. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, I also want to say um, the uh, just the sheer will and determination. They you talked about when Timmy Jernigan walks in from getting the contract. And they're like, money, 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 money. Now, with teams where they're not doing as well, that could cause some ire or some disdain in the locker room. But these guys are genuinely happy for each other achieving. And that's what you need. You need that brotherhood, that family, and that's what takes it to the the highest of levels. Yeah, and and you know what it is, too? And now that it's working out this way, that all the players like each other so much and they're happy that each other's getting a contract – it's going to make this kind of vibe that they've got. Not to sit like, who knows if they can repeat what they're doing right now, but right. it makes it more likely when you're able to keep these guys around and sign them to new contracts. Like Jernigan could have been gone after this year, but they decided right. to sign him and keep him around. Alshon, they could, they probably will sign after this year and keep him around. So, oh, it's better. Yeah. They'd better keep him around. Right? The way he's played the past few weeks, they damn well better keep him around. He's been phenomenal. So, like, and ha- just not, not giving up on Nelson and, you know, featuring Zach Ertz. You know, this is somebody that people are waiting for a breakout year. Here's your breakout year. You know, throw him the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Make him a focal point. Yeah, no doubt. And, Samuel, thanks for the call. Like, the, the Aguilar thing specifically is such a great one because if you noticed – during the game last night, towards the end of the game, there was a couple of minutes left, but it was well over. You saw a lot of the, the players on the sideline. They got in front of one of the cameras for Sunday night football, and they're all just posing and yelling at the camera. And one of the guys towards the end of that whole scene that goes to the front of the pile and sort of lays down and, and just does this, like, I'm living the dream kind of pose, it was Aguilar. And so... Having him do that, uh, it just shows the turnaround that he's had. At this time last year, he was in the doghouse. He's just breaking down basically in front of his locker. But for Aguilar to have that kind of turnaround, it, it is part of the chemistry of the locker room. All these other guys picking him up. It's the the players playing well, so he doesn't have that pressure on his shoulders. Like All of these things are just so incredibly surprising. And that's what we're talking about, at least for one more segment. If you want to get in, 888-729-9494. What's really surprised you about this Philadelphia Eagles team this year, the way they've come together? Because to me, the blowout wins aren't surprising anymore. Beating the crap out of Dallas does not shock me. If they beat the Rams up, now that's a conversation, and we'll talk a lot about that with good reason. The Rams are a really good team. But Dallas, they're terrible. San Francisco, Terrible. To have those kinds of blowout wins now, it's routine. I yawn. I'm bored. There's nothing to take from it. They're a good team that continues to be a really good team. But to get to this point, it took a lot. It took a lot of surprises. What surprised you the most? 888-729-9494. 
And that'll get you with me, Vince Quinn. We got one segment left in the show before Big Daddy Graham comes in. Uh, you can also join the show on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. I'll be taking your calls. That's coming up next. Hell of an intro there, cuz. Thank you very much. Now, I was looking on Twitter during the commercial break, and one of my favorite follows on Twitter is The Onion, without a doubt. The Onion is a fake news outlet. And this is before Trump, and all. this is not a new thing, so the idea of fake news has long been around. Uh, their fake news is actually really funny. And they got the headline out there of, man's garbage to have much more significant effect on the planet than he will. <laughs> Those guys are so good. So if you're not following The Onion on Twitter, uh, make sure you do that. And make sure to follow me on Twitter. You can find me at It's Vince Quinn. You're going to be getting a lot of me over the next couple of days, by the way. Um, on top of tonight's program, which will be here for about uh, five, ten more minutes. You got me tomorrow night. I'll be in for Big Daddy. And then on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, if you turn on your radio at 6 in the morning, you'll hear me with John Barchard till 9 in the morning. So, again, if you want to follow me and what I'm up to, you can always do that at It's Vince Quinn. But we've been talking a lot about the Eagles. Let's go to Jay in D.C. Jay, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing, Vince? Hey, doing good. What's on your mind? I uh, just want to talk about, uh, you know, uh, the Eagles. Uh, good win by the Sixers tonight. You know, just want to shout them out. Yeah, no um, doubt. But about the Eagles, um, it's good, like, with, all right, with the 4 team, uh, I knew they was going to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't see any other team in the NFC. You know, I know Atlanta had a good year, but, you know, if you shut down Michael Vick, T.J. Duckett, and work done, they really couldn't beat you with the passing game. So I wasn't really worried about them. Mm-hmm. I knew they was going to the Super Bowl in 04. As good as the Eagles is playing this year, it's bothering me the fact that New Orleans and Minnesota keeps winning. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to play the NFC Championship game in Minnesota in that dome with, with that defense or in New Orleans. Now, it looked like New Orleans was going to lose, and I was saying to myself that we about to be two games up on them. And the Redskins pulled a, joke, a choke job, you know what I'm saying, blowing a 31-16 lead with three minutes to go. Brutal. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, uh, this week I think Minnesota plays at Detroit. And I'm going to be rooting hard for Detroit because Detroit is still in the, in the playoff hunt. You know, we just need those other two teams to get off our back. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I don't want, you know, the Eagles probably got like one more loss somewhere down the road. And I don't want us to finish, you know, 14-2 and two, and, you know, maybe the Saints finish 14-2 or Minnesota, but somehow we lose out home for the advantage to some stupid tiebreaker or something like that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I hear you. And that's the that's the weird thing about this season. And maybe maybe it's just that we're not settled in yet on the team being this good. Like, maybe we're just reaching that point, especially after they beat the brains out of Chicago, which is just an absolute certainty. Uh, maybe then we'll start looking around at the rest of the NFC. But you're totally on point, Jay. Uh, Minnesota's a really good team, and the Saints have been a really good team. And th- they're teams that run the ball, you know? It's it's not Drew Brees passing it 50 times a game. Like, they're, yeah. they're stable, well-built teams that are 8-2. and two, So they're right behind the Eagles, and it all takes is one loss for those teams to catch up, and the Eagles go from the one seed and the home field advantage and all this stuff to the third seed, and you're not even getting a bye anymore. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a big deal. And, yeah, we got to root for those teams to lose every single week. Like, you look at the AFC, I mean, look, Kansas City fell off, but Pittsburgh and New England pretty much got a lock. Those two teams are pretty much a lock to be a bye. You know, so Jacksonville ain't catching them. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, even though their schedule 
is, is weak the rest of the way, they not catching Pittsburgh. Because if you look at Pittsburgh's schedule and New England's schedule, they don't play nobody the rest of the way. So New England and Pittsburgh are locked up. You know what I'm saying? They got to play each other, so that's going to determine who gets the one seed. Like, we don't play Minnesota. You know what I'm saying? We don't play the Saints. We do play the Rams, but I wasn't a big believer in the Rams to begin with because, you know, I, I always viewed them kind of like the old four Falcons. If you shut down Todd Gurley, even though Jared Goff has been playing well this year, I don't think he's at the Carson Wentz stage where he can, he can he can beat you with his arm. You know what I'm saying? Without the running game, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. Don't think, you know what I'm saying? So I, I was never really, you know, a big believer in the Rams. You know what I'm saying? Plus the Rams got a brutal second half of the schedule anyway. You know what I'm saying? So we just need the Vikings and the, and the Saints to get off our backs, man. Because I want both of those teams to come to Philadelphia in the cold in in January. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and that's a big point, too. It's it's the idea of being outside the cold weather. The, the Eagles are going to be far more adjusted to that than a southern team like New Orleans would be or, or a dome team, and they're both dome teams. But, yeah, uh, get them outside. Make them play in the cold. The Eagles can have a better defense than those teams. Well, Minnesota's got a great defense, but uh, the Eagles are a better team overall than those two. So I'll take their shots with the bye, being outside, at home. I I want that so badly it's so important yeah yeah i mean i you know that that's 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 the only thing that's bothered me you know not worried about the eagles i was never worried about the cowboys you know till, till the cowboys get a legitimate coach i mean they haven't had a legitimate coach to, since bill parcells and bill parcells is only going to be there like three years anyway so they really haven't had a legitimate coach in, since like jimmy johnson and you know the idiot owner fired him so i mean ain't nobody worried about dallas or you know to we got the best coach in the division and and where and who's that writer before the season who trashed um, Doug Peterson? He said that oh Mike Lombardi. He said he, he, Doug Peterson was the least qualified head coach that he's ever seen get <laughs> yeah. a job or something like that. Yeah, that turned out well. Yeah, I wonder what he's thinking right now. Oh, he he's been uh, he's actually been on the morning show every week. And uh, Jay, thanks for the call. Yeah. Mike Lombardi calls into the morning show every week and Angelo every week is like, Hey Michael, you, uh, you want to turn those comments around there, bud? And he doesn't do it. He just keeps digging in. And you know, sometimes you just got to take the loss. Got to take the loss. Uh, you give bad takes here and there. Some people want Ingram over Simmons and, and all that kind of stuff. You have an opinion at the moment. It gets proven wrong. Just got to admit it. It's not the end of the world. No one's perfect. Is that uh, correct, Big Daddy Graham? Hello, I am Big Daddy Graham. Uh, well, I even do a segment in my show called Everybody's Got the Right to Be Wrong. I use this Sinatra song that comes out of the break. That's the title of the song. Everybody's Got the Right to Be Wrong. It's when I'm really wrong about something. Uh, and I did not have an opportunity to correct it when my show was done. And then when I get on the next night, I actually make a little thing out of it because, yeah, I, I actually think it's uh, lame when you're wrong about something to just not admit that you're wrong about something. God forbid. Uh, are we talking about nuclear submarine secrets here? <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about opinions on players and coaches and, and whatnot, you know, as long as and I'll correct it immediately. I, I said last night it. it uh, that the Eagles game Sunday was at 1 o'clock, and it felt like forever since they played one, and their last two games were at 1. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, not Sunday night, obviously, but the two before that. It was a bye. I guess it threw me off or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, as soon as 
Mike informed me that. I went right on the air and went, really? Is that right? Okay. Well, you know, who cares? You know, it's it, as long as, uh, now I do care when a guy is obviously wrong and like you just said, just won't admit it. And sometimes, you know, me making a statement like, you know, it seems like forever to say when their last two games had been at one o'clock. I mean, if you don't correct that, then, then there's something really wrong with you. Uh, you're saying Lombardi just won't. No, he, he won't admit that he was wrong about uh, Doug Peterson. And it's so crazy because, look, the initial opinion is bad. And time has proven that. So now to spend all of this time coming up with garbage defenses for what everyone knows is a bad opinion, it makes you even less credible than the bad opinion in the first place. I would think so. Although his original statement is was never something that could be factually proven. He said he was the least qualified candidate. For a head coaching job he ever saw, right? Was that pretty much it? Well, that, that he was, said he was the least qualified candidate. Yeah, well, he's entitled to that. I mean, you're talking about a guy who had never coached at you know any kind of high level other than in the high school in Louisiana. So you're entitled to to make that. But you know, if you continue down that path and say you wait and see, you wait and see, I'm gonna then yeah, that's. Yeah, and that's what he did because that whole rant is is like two or three minutes long, I believe, where he just, I mean, crushes Doug Peterson repeatedly. Doesn't admit he's wrong. That's just, all right, now I'm going to admit something I was wrong about. Yeah, I got a lot of time. Your question, you do? (laughs) uh, As as many mistakes as you were to say, I'm here for it. Your uh, question, (laughs) thank you, Vince. (laughs) Uh, your question about what were you wrong about going into this season? What was it? Yeah, what was the what was the thing that surprised you the most? Now that we've seen this team evolve and grow, and you know everything's clicking, what, what's the biggest surprise out of all of it? The two most important, the two most important men on the team, I was completely surprised with, and that's Peterson and Wentz. I was now. My producer Mike Angelina will tell you at not at any point. Did I say uh, Doug Peterson was going to be a tragic mistake? I just wasn't coming into this season. I still wasn't sure if he had what it takes. Never called for him to be fired. Nothing, nothing like that. But still, your, your key word is surprised, okay? So I've been surprised by his immense success. And I was the same with Wentz. I thought Wentz looked rather ordinary the second half of the year. Uh Last season, yeah, you can bring up all the reasons. Didn't have enough weapons. Blah blah blah. Lane Johnson was a big one, Uh, no doubt. All that, but bottom line is, he caused a lot of hysteria in this town, uh, which is good. Uh, You rather have people feeling upbeat about something than so damn negative about it. But I, I was, I hadn't bought in to that. At no point did I say, you know what, if I'm Doug Peterson. Carson Wentz isn't the automatic starter this season. Uh, I think he's got to compete in camp. Never said that. Uh, Wentz, to me, was the absolute automatic starter for this year. But your key word is surprised. Was I surprised that he was going to be this poised in the red zone? And that's it. That's how I've broken it down. Yeah. This poised in the red zone absolutely I'm surprised by that, as I would have been pretty much surprised by any second-year quarterback being this terrific in the red zone. So, yeah, that my biggest surprises are, are, 
you know, the two most important guys on the team, and they are. Uh, you know, I don't want to slight the defense. The defense, obviously, is really, really important. But there's no doubt that quarterback's always the most important position to fill on any football team. And, I, in fact, I even ranked that above head coach. And then head coach second. Yeah. Uh, you know, now, you know, I'm not surprised by Fletcher Cox. Although he didn't have this good of a year the previous, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, I was, uh, maybe I was surprised that Darby played. Well, that's not, you're talking about this. Corey Clement was one I got earlier, and that was a great one. Oh, no doubt. Uh, But I had virtually, well, I had no opinion on Corey Clement. So I couldn't be surprised, disappointed, anything over Corey Clement. Uh, Because who knew? There's another red zone guy. 11 touches in the red zone, six TDs. I, I, really, are you kidding me? But I had no opinion on him Well, yeah, whatsoever just, coming into the season. Yeah, just an undrafted rookie. Right, and, so, you know, how would I? So he went to qual- – see, I'm, I'm, I'm real big on words. That's, they are our tools, is words. Your word is surprise. Yeah. So, obviously, I couldn't be surprised one way or the other over an undrafted rookie – I, so anybody called in to say they were surprised, but well, well, that's the I thing. I guess for an undrafted rookie, you could say you were really surprised. Yeah, by nature of being an undrafted rookie, there's sort of an expectation that comes with that, which yeah, is yeah, role player, right. bench yeah. guy, and you're anything right. else always, is great. You're always right. Um, <laughs> that's what the segment's for. Is I'm right and you're yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's yeah, why we're yeah. doing it. But it, again, I look at the word surprise, and I took it as having somewhat of an opinion formed yeah. on someone. And then that opinion that you had formed turning out to be wrong. Although I don't even think I described that right when I said well, that I, I never threw the towel in on either one, Peterson or Wentz. But no doubt. Am I surprised that they got this good this fast? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And for Wentz, it's crazy. So I looked at the numbers for last year. Wentz, uh, about 3,800 yards passing. 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. This year he's on pace for a little bit more passing, just about 100 yards more. But 38 touchdowns to 16 last year and 8 picks to 14 last year. That's what he's on pace for in a 16-game season. Yeah, I mean, it's just been... It's amazing. Yeah. staggering. Now, you know, Seattle's lost Cam Chancellor. I mean, I mean, they, they really could run the table. I mean, they could... They could lose to Chicago on Sunday, but I'm just saying they they really could run the table. I think one of the uh, – uh, well, we're late, but, uh, you know, for some other show someday, would Eagle fans want them to run the table going into the playoffs? You know, there's always those people who think, you know, you need that one loss or whatever. And I don't know they have one loss, but it was so long ago. Yeah. You know, uh would Eagle fans, would they like to see a, a, if it doesn't affect them getting the number one seed, would Eagle fans like think, you know, going into the playoffs with such an overwhelming winning streak would be too much pressure? I, I don't know. Yeah, dealing with adversity after being on the pedestal, like how do they handle losing when they're supposed to be such a great team now? Yeah, it is a totally different dynamic. And yeah, we hear about it every year with these undefeated teams when they get close. Like New England, that was a big thing. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. I didn't think you want to talk that much after I made that one little comment. 
Uh, we'll talk to you later. <laughs> well, you were wrong again. So that's Big Daddy Graham. I'm Vince Quinn. If you enjoyed the show, you can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. I'll be in for Big Daddy tomorrow night. I'll also be a part of the morning show for the first time with John Barchard on Thanksgiving Day. So make sure to tune in for both of those. Stay tuned for Big Daddy with Kevin Cooney coming up next. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.